สบกอทุรหัตุสัมมาสัมบุตสะนัมโมทัสสะบกอทุรหัตุสัมมาสัมบุตสะนัมโมทัสสะบกอทุรหัตุสัมมาสัมบุตสะ We were talking a series of topics. The mainly, the objective is how to make our meditation deeper, deepen, and the five controlling mental faculties develop far more stronger and sharper. How to do it? And there, first and foremost, when we practice, we have to incline our mind towards the cessation of all phenomena, nama and rupa. And uh, after that, along with it, we must observe seriously, respectfully, and penetratively. And that process. Has to carry on to the point that we can observe every observation without a break and a gap. So those are the three important points. And under each heading, we have many subheadings we discuss. Along with it, different aspects of Buddhism are also discussed. Last week we were talking how to observe without any breaks and any gap, and while doing so, one word came up. That one is sampajanya. Sampajanya. In general, it is known or translated as daily activities, general details. Common sense within the frame, walk off, non-hurting, harming, helping, saving, loving kindness and compassion. Within that framework, you use common sense to do things. These kinds of renderings, we can see it. So in this sampajanya, what we say as daily activities or general. Activities. Okay. That's just one word. More precisely, the Buddhist meant there are four subheadings, in other words, four kinds of sampajanya. The first one is called sapaya, um, sataka sampajanya, sataka sampajanya. In short, it is the you can call it beneficiality. Whenever you are doing something, okay. Whenever you approach something, you are doing something. You always have to see what you are doing is beneficial or not. That is the first thing. Anything that you are going to approach, going to do, going to say. Must 
look at it under the light of is it beneficial? That's it. And also, even though it is beneficial, there might be quite a few selections that you have. Okay? You can choose project A or project B or project C. They are all beneficial. And if they are all beneficial, you must size up which one is the most beneficial among these three or four. Because you can't do everything. So if you have a situation like this, you must look which one is the most beneficial project that you will be embarking upon. That kind of choices that you make based on beneficiality is called sataka sampajanya. So these sampajanya are, it covers the whole spectrum of our meditation. In other words, whether we are in the sitting meditation or walking meditation or daily activities. And even beyond that, it extended into our daily lives, our normal daily lives. Because we cannot be meditating at all time. We still have to walk, make a living, and so on and so forth. So it covers every aspect of it. So don't think only about meditation. <clears throat> In your daily life, do you see every day and you are always you come face to face with situation in which you have to make a choice or you have to make or you have to do something you have to engage something sometime you have a choice to do or not to do sometime you are thrown upon it you have no no way but to do and whenever these kind of situation arises you must choose the one that has the most beneficial to yourself as well as for others. In Buddhism, every living being included, every living being beings, you are one of that every living being. Until and unless you purposely choose to sacrifice yourself, purposely, and also there must be a very good reason by you sacrificing, it produces a lot of benefits to others and you willingly choose to sacrifice. That's a different matter. But in general, this hurt and harm covers everyone, everybody, including yourself. So with that exception, when you choose, you must choose the most beneficial situation or approach or project. Sataka Sambhajanya. <clears throat> so this is in a overall basis. But now we are meditating. When we are meditating, basically, we are engaging with Satipatthana Vipassana meditation. Let's just look at the situation we are right now. Okay. What are we doing? Every week on Tuesday, 
we come here from seven to nine and we practice this meditation. Of course, we all know how to practice and we can practice at home. We don't have to come here. That's another choice too. And at the same time, when we come here, what's the difference? You have a sense of community. A sense of community. Just by being here, there's an energy going around, supporting each other. In other words, one is encouraging the other. One is inspiring the other. And we can look each other, one another, and see how each behaving, talking, meditating, and putting effort. Because of that, you have a lot more mental support. That mental support that you won't have if you just sit at home and meditate. So a different aspect also comes in. <clears throat> so if you look at this whole situation, first of all, you have already looked at it. I can stay at home and watch a TV or entertain somebody or talk on the telephone or read a book. But you set a time and a date and a time to come here. You have two choices or there are many choices. Among them, you decided to come here and meditate. In other words, because you decided it is more beneficial than doing other projects. That is a beneficiality. You already embark upon the Sataka Sambhajanya. And even this meditation, you can meditate at home or you can come and meditate here. By coming and meditating here, it is not only that you are doing it for yourself, it also supports and encourages others. Very simple word in the West nowadays, we call it a support group, support group, and mostly in the situation which are dire, of course, the addicts, alcoholics, and things like that, so that they have a, people with commonality get together by having it and sharing it, doing things together. It inspire, encourage, and help each other. It is not necessarily for the negative situation, also positive situation like this. Okay, practicing, okay, sharing loving kindness, and then listening, talking to Dharma. That one too, you can still, even the positive sense, you can have your support group, a group who are mindful. One of the factors the Buddha said how to develop your mindfulness by associating with people who are mindful. Another one is by not associating with the people who are not mindful. Number three is by inclining your mind to be mindful and also to be in a state of sambhajanya. Those are the four things the Buddha enumerated how to develop your mindfulness. So there, that's what we are. 
we are being here together is being together with the people who are mindful and also not be with the people who are not mindful and we are supporting and encouraging one another. That is, you have purposely decided to come and perform this action. This action is in total compliance with Sataka Sampajanya. Why do you do that? Because you consider this is the most beneficial to do. That is the perfect example for our what we are doing for Sataka Sampajanya. So that one, that's for meditation. But in anything, everything in your life, whenever you have choices, come face to face, you choose the one that has the most benefits for all. So that is what it means by Sampajanya one, choice to make. In other words, you always have to choose a project that is most beneficial. Choice or choose a project that is most beneficial. Because we always have choices. And secondly, it's called Sapaya Sampajanya. Sapaya. Sapaya is... Um, Direct translation is called suitability. They call it suitability. Whatever that you choose, you already have choose that okay, project, the most beneficial project. You have earmarked it. Okay, I have. I can do this. I can do this. I can do that. Among that, I will do this third number one, not third. And once you have choose that, after that, how would you proceed? That's what it is. Sapaya. Suitability. It must be in harmony. Okay. It must be in harmony. It must be it must fit well with your environment. That's whatever that you are doing must fit very well with your environment, with your surrounding. That's what it means. Okay. Suitability. So now you are doing, going to do this. As you are going to do this, first and foremost, okay, what is suitable? Okay. Let's say we are going to practice going to a retreat. Okay. When you are going to a retreat, there are so many retreat places you can go to. In states, you can go down to San Jose, California, or Half Moon Bay, California, or Springfield in Illinois. Or you can go to Indonesia, you can go to Malaysia, you can go to Burma, even in Burma there are tens and tens of meditation center. Okay. So when you have these places, which one would be most suitable for you? The point is you are the one who is going to meditate. 
which one is the most suitable for you. If you have so many choices, then you can pick and choose, of course. When you choose that, okay, whether there's a, a good center, in other words, whether there's a good facility in terms of building. Not only that, you can always get information whether the food that provided um, more suitable for you than the other places. Okay. First of all is the, the building itself, the accommodation, and then the food, how it is, and then the weather. Okay. The weather, it is what month of the year, okay. whether in uh, January, February, or June, July, and so on, based on the weather you choose. So what is suitable for you? If you have a choice, you try everything that can okay, induce the best meditation for you. If you have a choice, the key thing is the choice. So location, food, weather, and so on and so, so forth. That is one. Okay. And then also teacher. They are teacher, well, nowadays, uh, the click of a finger, and you can talk and talk and talk, and YouTubes and so on. Okay. Which teacher? Who is good? Who are the best? Okay. Who are among the best? And even among the best, after a while, you begin to know which teacher's teaching is most suitable for your mentality. Okay. Some people like a... Um, try to be a spoon feeding. Some people don't like spoon feeding. Some people like precise. Some people, they have to be a little tough and disciplined so that they can push farther. Some people, they don't like to be disciplined too much at all. Some people, they don't like discipline, period. So these are the things that you can inquiry, incorporate, and put in. And especially teachers. Teachers are quite important. Number one, they must be competent. Number two, that touches your psyche, okay? your state of mind. That is a suitability. Again here, let's say just for the sake of argument, one place is fantastic, all the facilities are the way that you like, but you don't have the teacher that you like. Another place is you have the teacher you like, but the facilities are very bad. And there now you have to choose. Which one is more important? Is it the comfort of these supports of the physical materials or the support of a teacher? At that time, you have to make a choice. It goes back to the first one, beneficial. Which one that you choose will be more beneficial? In this case, on a per, my personal view, a teacher is more important than all the facilities and the comfort that you can get. So it is not that one at a time. Sometime from the first Beneficiality come down to suitability, and then from the suitability, it goes back to the beneficiality as well. 
So in other words, places, okay? locations and places, and also what year, that is the time, and then the teacher. In other words, suitability in terms of times and space. Time is what time, when, what. Space is which country, okay, what center. And then the people, the peoples are the teacher. So when it comes to suitability, it is time, place, and people. Those three has to be considered when you go to a meditation. If you, have a, if you are very lucky, you have a choice. If you can get all of them in, exactly as you want it, that's fantastic. If you can't, then you have to make a choice and go for it. So that is the suitability. Now you know the project that is beneficial and you know that is suitable, but there's one more, suitable and called appropriate. Sometimes things are suitable, but it is not appropriate. As an example, okay, meditation is very suitable for us. Okay, meditation in this little space that we decided to do for meditation purposely, it's very suitable. But, oh, meditation is suitable, but I'm going to meditate in a, in a party where all the people are gathering. Then that is not the appropriate thing. So, suitable and appropriate, these two factors has to come in. Beneficial, suitable, and appropriate. So in here is everything up to this point is, everything is working in your mind. Everything is still in your thoughts, thoughts level. Sapaya sambajanya and sataka sambajanya. And here I will jump in and put one separate, uh, let's call it definition, which is not directly in here. But that one is we talk all the time and also the Buddhas and all the teachers and teachers we have always remind us to be in that state. It's called Yoniso Manasikara. The word is Yoniso Manasikara. The Buddhas taught us and our teachers told us all the time, at all time, at all time, you must be abide with this wise attention, Yoniso Manasikara. So this Yoniso Manasikara If you remember about sati, mindfulness, okay, mindfulness. What is the proximate cause of mindfulness? Okay, what is the proximate cause of mindfulness? What causes mindfulness? But this one is proximate immediately. What makes you mindful? What makes you mindful is this wise attention. Yoniso Manasikara. Wise attention or wise attitude. 
correct attitude. So, so wise attention, correct attitude, if you look at it, it is still in a thought level, on a thought level. So what is the complete definition of this wise attention? Complete definition of wise attention is you always are engaging with something, an object, physical object, mental object, people, situation, confrontation, conditions, always, always something, something, something. So whenever you are there, basically it is the people is the key thing. People are the one that you are always relating. Okay? Object, physical object, they don't respond. They are simply as it. So there is a very strict communication or engagement with the physical object. But people, organic object, people is, there's so many variations and permutations built in. So when you relate it to people, there are so many ways of engaging with them because they have their own personality. You have your own personality. And the personality that they have lived with or their habits for 40, 50, 60 years, it is difficult to change. They are already defined to a certain level with the habits that they have developed. So whenever you are engaging with another person, you are engaging with this whole set of personalities, the habits. It is not the person that you are engaging with. You are engaging with the qualities and characteristics, personalities of that person. That's what it really is. But we always look at it as person. Mr. A, Mr. B, Brandon, Chuck, Mary, but actually is personalities, their habits. That's what we are engaging with. So whenever you are engaging with a person, they have all sorts of qualities, and you can divide the qualities in general to two. One is this qualities that are not very desirable, and another is qualities that are desirable. All of us has it. I have it. You have it. But at the same time, you know you have to engage with, with that person. You have to relate with that person. More often so than the others. Not a one-time meeting. And under that set of situation, know both, okay, the qualities that are good and the qualities that are bad, okay, all the positives on all the negatives, good qualities and bad qualities. They come with that person. And as you engage them, know that both good and bad qualities and do not, do not engage emphasize or focus on the negative qualities. You just keep them at the back burner of that person and you look 
onto the positive qualities of that person. You look, you emphasized, you engage more into these positive qualities. So modern way of saying is uh, we always say, look from the bright side, okay, the sunny side. That's uh, that's uh, quite popular nowadays in uh, Canadian politics, sunny side politics. So you look from the positive qualities and always positive side of the person and emphasize on the positive sides and focus on the positive sides. Don't emphasize or dwell on the negative sides. That's very important. Dwell on the positive side of that person. Don't dwell on the negative side of the person. That is the first one. The first one. That is more of a general. You already have divided into the two zones. And after you have choose to involve with the positive side and then there might be an instance right now something that you are doing it become more specific on that specific okay look for what is the most beneficial that you can do with as soon as you involve with the positive side whatever you are doing will be beneficial that already come and there how can you maximize that the best beneficial aspect, and also choose the suitability and appropriate. Is it suitable to do now? Is it suitable to do this? Is it appropriate to do this right now? They are all on a thought level. Looking from the bright side, choosing the beneficiality, suitability, and appropriateness. They are still in your thought level. That whole spectrum is called wise attention. Yoni Sikara. Okay. So in every instant, every moment that you are engaging with anybody and everybody, you must have that attitude. Okay. Focus on the good qualities. Choose the most beneficial, suitable, and appropriate to engage with that person at that moment. Talking is a long time, but when you are practicing, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Sometimes, like, oh, like instantly, intuitively come out to do what to do with that person. When you become very skillful, that's how it becomes. But whenever you have that mental state of sunny side, beneficial, suitable, and appropriate. When you have all these things right there, that moment is called mindful. That's mindfulness. When you are approaching, thinking, putting things in order in that way, is called you are being mindful. When you are mindful, you have all these qualities. When you have all these qualities at a moment, you are being mindful. They are together, one and the same. Definition of mindfulness in one presentation. 
It's a definition of yonisomanasikara. That's why it is said, yonisomanasikara, wise attention is the proximate cause of mindfulness. So it is the sidestep, but still we are talking about beneficiality, suitability, and appropriateness. Before that, one little extra one is under any condition, always try and focus on the, the bright side and the good quality. Don't emphasize and focus on the negative quality. All combined together is called Yoniso Madhusikara. Wise attention, wise attitude, correct attitude. Okay, so after that we will go back to our Sampajanya. We have two already, Sataka Sampajanya and Sapaya Sampajanya. The third one is called Gosara Sampajanya. Gosara Sampajanya is, direct translation is the domain of a meditator. Okay. Direct translation in a meditation set. Gosara Sampajanya, domain of a meditator. But in a larger, more general way, I would like to translate like this. Full commitment. Full commitment. You have choose all these beneficialities, suitability, appropriateness, and now you are going to put into action. When you are going to put into action, you don't do haphazardly, you don't do superficially, you totally commit yourself. I'm going to do this from the beginning to the end without wavering. So that is the way I would like to present this Gosara Sampajanya. In a precise translation, Gosara means domain. Okay, domain, Sampajanya. You have to be very skillful in choosing the domain. So in here is, if you choose a project, you have decided and you put your best effort and execute it and see it from the beginning to the end. Regardless whether it's an easy job or it's a difficult job or supremely difficult job, that you have to persevere and persevere and persevere to overcome it. That is Gosara Sampajanya, domain of a man. Domain of a person, causerized domain. But of course, for a meditator, it's called domain of a meditator. Domain of a meditator is now you know exactly you have choose the most beneficial to brightest vipassana. You have choose the meditation center. You have choose the a good teacher, you have choose a time. You go there and now you are going to meditate. That's it. The first three have prepared for this one. And now you are in a meditation center and you are meditating. While you are meditating, okay, basically you are going to meditate without taking a break and a gap. According to the system or instruction of each technique, 
we all know our technique as our technique is quite demanding whatever period you decided from dawn to dusk, dawn to dusk from the moment you wake up till you fall asleep without a break and without a gap while you're doing sitting meditation full time okay, don't even take a little mental break by going purposely or not purposely, sometimes allowing yourself to go into a little trend of thought. Because that gives you a little break. You don't do that. Walking meditation, the same thing. And especially in the daily activities, you try to make sure proceeding and the succeeding objects are continuous. Even though they are not in a deep meditation, not penetrative deeply, but you make sure that whatever level is always connected, connected, connected. So for the two months or three months or six months you have decided to choose, you practice without a break and a gap. In other words, every waking moment of that retreat period, you are always in the constant mode of mindfulness, to put in a different way. Constant mode of mindfulness. Sometimes very deep, sometimes not too deep. But regardless, there's, you don't allow yourself to take a break or to personally give yourself permission, a gap. That is being living in the domain of a meditation person. Domain of a meditator, domain of a yogi is meditation. In that meditation, you live that way. So what are you doing? I find that person fully committed himself or herself to this job of undertaking. That's why, in a way, you can understand Gosara Sampajanya as a full commitment to anything that you have choose to do. Whether it's a meditation, or whether it is a paper, or presentation, or dissertation, or whether it is a construction, or whatsoever that you have decided based on beneficiality, suitability, and appropriateness, you put full effort, committed. You don't do it because other people are doing it. You don't do it because other people twist your arm to do it. You do it because you go through all the sense of this. The first phase is Yoni Sikara, and then you embark upon that project. That kind of situation. That situation means a yogi or a person living is living in its domain with the full great common sense and full commitment. That is Gosara Sampajanya. And then the last one, the fourth one. The fourth one is called Asamoha Sampajanya. Asamoha Sambhajanya. What Asamoha is, first of all, 
we all know and heard the word moha, moha, moha. Okay. Loba, dosa, moha. What is moha? Moha is translated as delusion, illusion, not knowing, ignorance, uncertain. Basically, you are, have the total uncertainty of the things that you are doing. You sort of know, but sort of don't know. You don't fully know. That is moha. Moha is uncertainty, or let's call it delusion or illusion, or ignorance. But if you put the word a in front of moha, a moha, a moha means there's no more delusion, no more illusion. You are very, very certain, 100% certain about what you are doing, what you are seeing, what you are touching. You know exactly what it is. That is called a-moha. It just negates the word. It makes the moha into the opposite, so you know exactly what you are doing. And now you will see the word a-sam-moha. Some. You have heard that word some too. Where do you hear that some? Some, sama. Full, eightfold noble truth. No. Eight, eightfold noble part. See? Sama, deity, sama, sinkapa, sama, wayama, and also. Some means correct, true, as it is. Correct, true, as it is. That's whenever you see sam or sama, that's what it means. Correct, true. But not an truth in a different sense. It is the absolute true as it is. So here, a samoha. Not only that you know exactly what it is with full certainty, but it's also correct and true. Correct and true as the Dharma has stated. Okay. Under the definition of Dharma, it is correct and true. Asamoha. You know exactly in accordance with the Dharma of the object or situation or phenomenon you are observing. That's called Asamoha. So what it is, is on a meditation sense, okay, first of all, you have choose the first two, okay, sambhajanya, with your common sense, beneficial, suitable, appropriate, and then what did you do? You commit fully, and you observe, you observe, you observe. When you commit fully, of course, first part is a struggle, but you do to the point of, let's uh, just to simplify that, one hour you are meditating. In that one hour, your mindfulness is, there's no gap and no break. Okay. Every object that is arising, you know. Next one, you know. Next one, you know. Next one, you know. There is no gap at all. In other words, Whatever object that is presenting to you in that one hour, you can observe one after the other 
without missing it. You don't miss anything anymore. And when you don't miss that anything anymore, what is happening? Your concentration level becomes very strong. Along with that, continuous mindfulness, your concentrations become more and more and more powerful. When it becomes more and more powerful, what are you doing at that moment? You are looking at the objects. And what are the objects? There are only two types. Nama, the mind, and rupa, the body. That's what you are looking at. But when you are looking the same thing before and the same thing now, this nama and rupa, but now you have that very strong, continuous concentration samadhi, then you begin to see you begin to see the specific characteristics. Every, nam, uh, every rupa and every nama, they have their own specific characteristics. In other words, they are unique to their own. No others have it. Each one is unique to their own under that condition and situation. These specific characteristics become very clear and obvious. And then secondly, there are general characteristics. General characteristics is all these objects, they have a certain characteristics common to all, with no exception. Specific characteristics, if A has this, B doesn't have it. And B has this, C doesn't have it. They are unique to their own. But general characteristics, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and so on, everything have these characteristics. That is called general characteristics or common characteristics. And what are they? Of course, you all know. It's called anicca, impermanence, or a constant state of change. Dukkha, suffering or unsatisfactoriness. Okay. Dukkha, suffering or unsatisfactoriness. And the third one is anatta. Anatta is no soul, non-self, or uncontrollable nature of the nama and rupa. You can't control uncontrollable nature of nama and rupa, anatta. Those threes are called the general characteristics and it is common to everything, whatever we can comprehend. The whole universe, both mind and matter, they have these characteristics. And these characteristics, of course, right now we intellectually think and we understand, but that understanding is nothing. But through the constant observation, constant observation of Nama and Rupa, so strong and so long, when you are able to observe without a break and any gap for hours, not just one hour, slowly and slowly, at this stage, you can, people who can sit for one hour can sit for three, four hours 
without a twitch. And four hours you might be sitting, but you felt like you just sat about two minutes ago. That kind of state you got into it. And during that period, there's no gap, no break. And when you are able to meditate in such a fashion, that anicca, dukkha, anatta, impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, and uncontrollably nature of nama and rupa, it becomes a part of you. You are it and it is you. Because what are you? You are nama and rupa. And every morsel of nama and rupa and what you call you, you see, you feel, you felt. And you just simply know it is ever-changing, it is always in the states of unsatisfactory nature or suffering, and it has no self-identity or a soul. You felt it in every muscle, every cell in your body. That is the understanding we need. So, I try to present in a different way the way you understand this specific characteristics and general characteristic is called that you are seeing things as they really are correctly without confusion with full certainty. Asamoha. Asamoha. Of course, we can explain in many different ways, but I try to cover the whole spectrum in this way. And that discovery, that discovery is asamoha. Or you can put in a different way. You go through the stages of, 13 stages of insight. Okay, Insight level 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, up to 13. Okay, that is also, you are going discovering each level of insight, each level of insight, each level of insight you are discovering. That is, you are uncovering the true nature of mind and matter. That is another way of understanding what asamoha is. And this one, don't think you'll be meditating and meditating and at one single moment, boom, voila, you understand all. Not that way. You're meditating. You don't have to be able to meditate one hour without a break or a gap. You're meditating. Sometimes you get for about 10 minutes continuously. Sometimes you get half an hour continuously. Sometimes you get 40 minutes continuously. In those times too, you are discovering, you are uncovering the true nature of mind and matter bit by bit and bit by bit. Sometimes some experience repeatedly in a different little variation. Okay? So you don't have to wait to the wait to the last stage to know everything. You are step by step uncovering this true nature of mind and matter. That process of uncovering is called asamoha sambhajanya. 
And that is directly related to how much concentration power you can develop. And that concentration power you develop is how strong the momentum of your mindfulness is. And that how strong your momentum of mindfulness is directly related to have you committed 100% to this practice. Gosara Sampajanya. So among these four, Gosara Sampajanya is the most important part of it. That is the actual work. The first two is to put your mind into a certain state, to prepare it. And number three, Gosara, to live in the domain of a meditator, is the most important aspect. And when you can practice without a break and a gap continuously for hours, for days, then this uncovering of the truth or the true nature of mind and matter unfold by itself. You don't have to look for it. So those are the four sambhajanya. In general, we just call it daily activities. Whenever we are observing, those four are all inclusive and included. So may all of you be able to practice Satipatthana Vipassana meditation correctly and precisely, and may you be able to practice and meditate without a break and a gap and uncover the true nature of mind and matter as soon as possible. Sadhu, 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 buddham pujemi. Dhammam pujemi. Sangam Pujimi